Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And as soon as the screen, there you go. As soon as the screen gets up, gets up they'll show you some other scriptures to get to as well. You can't rightly call this the last, the last field to be planted. In God's mind, he planted a field 2,000 years ago. And he will, be, he will be reaping it here soon, maybe in our lifetime. So uh, 2,000 years ago, Jesus teaches us a parable. This is called the parable of the tares. Now, when we talk about tares, we talk about lookalikes because they look alike. Tares look just like the wheat in the field. And we'll be, we'll be talking about that in just a second. But some people are lookalikes. They look like Christian. They talk like Christian. But they're tares. And they're to be left they're to be left in the field till the end time. And it's been like that now for 2,000 years. So let's see what this says here in Matthew 13, verse 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven is now in our time. The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed or planted good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy, Satan, came and sowed tares, lookalikes among the wheat, and then they went his way. And they're intermingled, their roots were all together, and they looked just alike with each other. These people, when Satan is doing his worst, he camouflages himself, for his plan is in danger of being spoiled if he is seen doing it. And therefore, when he comes, he sows tares into our lives. Look alike Christians, look alike Christians who we might make friends or leaders, they are simply the tares. He often he often transforms himself into an angel of light. He's not the, the ugly, horn-tailed uh, angel that we see. He's beautiful, and the Old and New Testament attest to that. We, we see they were caught off guard. We have, therefore, the need to be sober and vigilant. First Peter 1 Peter 1.8 and nine, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Would you let your children play outside if there was a if there was a a lion? looking around and walking around. I remember going, cutting through Lakemont to get to my old house up on Frankstown. And right in the middle of the road, going past all these houses with children in the backyards playing, was a bear. And it was, it was just walking right up the center line 
of the road in Lakemont. And I was thinking how oblivious these people are. Please be careful. The devil walks around like a lion to devour us. It is impossible for us to stop hypocrites. To stop hypocrites and sinners. It is impossible for us to stop them from being in church. This is where they're welcome. If, if you stay away from church because of the hypocrites, at least the hypocrites are closer to God than you are. We need to remember that church is the best place for tares, lookalikes. Verse 26, But when the blade, the blade sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also, the lookalikes. Tares are like these wax fruit here. One is real, one is fake. From looking at them, you can't tell the difference. Uh, and it's not in size. In this case, the bigger one is the fake, and the smaller one is the very... He I mean, when my wife put that in my arms, my arms went up in the air a moment. I was expecting it to be heavy. But in this case, tares are like wax fruit. They produce nothing. They are the pretenders, the fakers, the lookalikes. But they look like the real thing. So be careful again. Like the good seed, so the tares lie a great while under the ground. And at first it is hard to tell them apart. They look just alike. But when a terrible time comes, when fruit is to be brought forth, when good is to be done, that has difficulty and danger, when temptation has come and needs to be overcome, that's when we can tell the difference. The real will call upon the name of the Lord, have his presence, and will have the strength to get through. Watch that. Be careful of that. Verse 27, So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in the field? From, from where and why does it have tares? This well expresses also the surprise the surprise, disappointment, and worry of Christ's faithful servants and people at the discovery of false brethren. This is the best place for struggling false brethren, remember. He said unto them, an enemy has done this. An enemy. He does not lay the blame upon the preacher, upon the servants, the workers. They could not help it, but had done what was in the power to stop it. The ministers, those that are faithful, shall not be judged of Christ and therefore should not be reproached by men. Many a pastor has fallen out of the ministry because of the blame for things that he had no control over. The enemy is Satan. That's what we've got to remember. Again, verse 28. He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Will thou then 
that we go and gather them up? But he said, no. Lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. This harvest is the, is the judgment, the last judgment. Let them all grow together. Notice it is impossible for any man to distinguish between tares and wheat. And therefore, such is the wisdom of Christ, that he would rather, Christ would rather allow the tares to grow among us than to endanger us, the wheat. What's he say? Let them grow together until the harvest. 2 Timothy 2, verses 24, 5, and 6. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure or will allow them, give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. It's not over. If, if we identify someone as a tear, a fake, a lookalike, it's not over for them. God may not be finished with them yet, and we need to allow them that, that freedom. The last part of that Second Timothy and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The trouble with the devil is he knows your weaknesses. He knows your buttons to push. He lets you go until making you fall would cause the most damage in your life and in your family's life. It's at his will, taken captive by him. The tares, if continued under the means of grace, may become good wheat. Therefore, have patience with them. We are not wise enough to tell the difference between struggling true Christians and, and the tares, the lookalikes. Again, verse 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them. And of course that would be hell. But gather the wheat into my barn, heaven. We have to skip ahead to verse 36 because the disciples asked Jesus for a better explanation. In verse 36, then Jesus sent the multitude away went into the house, and his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us, tell us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that sows the good seed is the Son of Man, Jesus. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. In 1 John 3, 8, we see this from John. He that commits sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why Jesus came. 
And I, I would add to this, there's no one here that doesn't sin. There's no one. If not in, if not in actions, in, in thoughts, in judgments, in gossips, we, that's, that's something that just happens. But I think, the, I think the true Christian doesn't want to sin. And I think in this verse, he that commits sin, and I would say habitually, is, is of the devil. Wow. Hmm. Skip with me, please. I do have a paragraph. They are tares in the field of this world. They do no good. They do hurt. They unprofitable in themselves, hurtful to the good seed. Both by temptation and persecution, they are weeds in the garden. They have the same rain, the same sunshine, the same soil, the same good, but with, with the good plants, but are, are good for nothing. The tares are among us, among the wheat. God has so ordered it that they should be mixed together with us, that the good may be useful to the bad. The left, the bad left, inexcusable. A difference made between earth and heaven too. Verse 39, if you follow the enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are his angels. If you were with us on Wednesday nights, we're in this very chapter in the book of Revelation where it says, Another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud and said, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped, and billions of people died. I just hope that's not our loved ones, our friends, or our tares even. Verse 40 of our text, As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth His angels. Angels shall be used in the great day in executing God's judgment both of reward and condemnation as ministers of his justice. Matthew 25 says this, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations, that's all people from all types, and he shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And if you followed through in, in that story, of course the goats will go to hell. Wow. These angels are skillful, strong, and swift. Obedient servants to Christ, holy enemies to the wicked, faithful friends to the saints. Again, verse 41, the Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out all 
of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, habitual sin. He shall cast them into a furnace of fire. Verse 42, And they shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. And I want you to notice the then. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. The then is in our future. The then it is what we've all been waiting for, hoping for, or dreading. That struck me very, very harsh, the dreading part. If you're not sure of your salvation, if you're not sure, you're probably dreading it. If you love your sinful lifestyle, whatever it is, those things you do in private, it, if there's, no, if there's no repentance, the then you probably dread terrible. That any morning, any day, I get up and I look out my window and I, I say, oh, maybe today I'm so excited. I was at a little picnic this week and uh, I was talking, I'm starting to get some arthritis in my hands and I can't open my hands in the morning. And I was talking to someone about that. And this lady, I think a sister of Boots, says, wait till you're 90. <laughs> he says, she says, wait till, wait till then. And I, I said, just off the top of my head, without, without thinking, no filters, I said, I said, I don't want to live to be 90. And I could see her go, because many people, old age to them is their goal. I think to some people it happens. Now, now Mary, why are you laughing so much at me? Well, we got some. If you're not octogenerate, anyway, what are you if you're 90s? What's that called? Old. Well, I just say this, and I, and I had to explain her because it looked like I slapped her in the face. And I said, when God's through with me, when God's through with me, when I can't minister anymore, I hope I go to heaven. I hope he'll take me to heaven, or I hope the rapture will happen. I was basically saying, I don't want to live to that age where... Everything's all crooked and crumbled up and my back hurts and my head hurts and this. Now, God knows better, whatever his will is. But my goal is to serve the Lord some way, somehow, even if it's in a nursing home, to serve the Lord until I die. And I hope I can do that. But the Lord hears me. He knows my heart. And I know that's probably the, the wish of every 80 and 90 year old here uh, but I would prefer to be in heaven than to become not useful to the kingdom but he knows that
for some, and you look at the Bible too, it's, it's that older, older generation that serves the Lord the most, and sometimes he leaves them on earth to reap their rewards for, for a faithful life. Wow. Then is in our future, and it is what we have all been waiting for, hoping for, or dreading, or dreading. And again, in verse 25, it said, But while the men slept, his enemy came and sowed the tares. Tares, remember, they are lookalikes. They are in the first stage of growth. They are the false professors. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's not what you say, but... He that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. So again, so again, the then is in our future. What are you waiting for? What are you hoping for? What are you dreading? If you're the other end, the dreading, you need to get straight right away. You need to repent and come, come to the Lord or come back to the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're about to sing a hymn that I, I chose called Almost Persuaded. And with Almost Persuaded, I, I believe there will be people in hell, good people, good people in hell that never got, quite got persuaded. They never quite got saved. They always held on to something to keep, to keep their lives, their, to keep their sin, their private sins, and they would never confess them. They were almost persuaded. Please, number one, for you, for you yourselves, don't become almost persuaded. Don't let, even let church just be a habit that you come. Let church be real, an opportunity to worship God together and to hear your word. Wow. Lord Jesus Christ, I just so pray, Lord, for your... I pray, dear Lord, for your grace to be sprinkled upon us. Let us, the almost persuaded ones, realize... You've been waiting for them. In the biblical sense, Agrippa said it. Paul, you've almost persuaded me. And Agrippa, 2,000 years ago, died and went to hell. We just ask you, dear Lord, don't let that be us, to be almost. We need to be thoroughly, completely fully persuaded, Lord. Lord, take this moment to touch each heart here. Do we dread the end? Do we dread the reaping, the judgment day? Help us, dear Lord, by the end of this prayer time. Help us, Lord, to look fully, 
wonderfully toward the future and the end, which is a new beginning. Oh God, we need that new beginning. Lord, we have those that are suffering right now in hospital beds or at home in their beds. And Lord, no suffering in heaven. We ask you, Lord, to bless them and help them touch them. But as for us, Lord, if any be here dreading, dreading you, your coming, your judgment, let today be the day. Right now, that they fully, completely are persuaded to give their life, all their life to you. Some, Lord, might be might have it really difficult for them. They've tried this before. But Lord, let them fully give themselves to you and with your help, cleansing their life. Lord, I pray if there's any tears here, lookalikes, fakes, pretenders, let them, Lord, come to you. Let them, Lord, using this moment in time, Make them fully and completely committed to you. Lord, if there's someone here that needs my help, right there in their pew, under their breath, talking to you, they would say, Lord, I am a sinner. I've done bad things. I know there's a penalty for being a sinner. And Lord, I know you paid my penalty. You paid my penalty on the cross. You died for me. Lord, I take a moment to confess my sins, to name them one by one. Lord, I confess them, ask you to forgive them and to wash my heart out white as snow. I give my life to you, my gifts and abilities to you. Lord, there might be others here. I'm sorry, Lord, but I've caused them to doubt. It's your word, your Holy Spirit that might cause us to doubt. Lord, we look at our lives and we worry, we dread that final judgment. Lord, let us never worry again, confessing our sins, our lifestyles, and coming to you once and for all, finally, without looking back or going back. Lord, there are some here that really struggle. Sometimes they feel like they love their sin more than they love you. Lord, I pray you would hear their prayers as they confess their sins to you. 
Lord, you're so good and wonderful and big and strong. You're so merciful, Lord, and loving and kind. You're so forgiving. Oh, God, please hear these. Please hear these that are unsure whether they are tares, lookalikes, or whether they are true fruit some 30, some 60, some 100% producing. Bless these, Lord, we pray. And Lord, before we close, I, I ask you, Lord, to give courage to anyone who may have raised their hand for true salvation. Give them courage, Lord, even now, if they would raise their hand that I might see if anyone did that. Lord, thank you that we have producing fruit here, producing trees. Ask you, Lord, to bless, bless them, Lord, and make them more useful as with me. In Jesus' name, amen.